Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today, we are with Josh Glazer from Regeneration Ministries. Regeneration helps men, women, and families learn and live God's good, holy, and beautiful design for sexuality. Thanks for joining us, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me, Drew. I'm glad to be here. Excited about it. Yeah, me too. And you've been a member of our Facebook group for a while now, and I've really enjoyed seeing your comments in there. Oh, it's, that's been a blessing. I was telling you, but like, I just think the vulnerability of the group, the uh, guys gathering around each other, the encouragement, it's been really beautiful. Gift to be there. That's how I feel too. Today, we're talking about lust and love. Two very big topics and incredibly important when we're seeking freedom from porn and actually healthy sexuality. What has been your journey into lust and out of lust into love? <laughs> it's been a it's been a long journey. Short story, short version of it is that when I was um, eleven or twelve, began being exposed to began having access on a regular basis to pornography. Um, a family member um, uh, had a a huge staff and I had access to it and I indulged, I dove in and um, I loved it and I hated it, uh, especially after mm. I became a Christian, really started trying to walk with the Lord. Like it did not go away from me. Matter of fact, my sexual behavior got worse. Um, it started including um, some voyeurism and making illicit phone calls. And then when the internet came around, dates me a little bit, when the internet came around, I remember, literally remember the day that I, I typed in, you know, nude women or something to the, the, the uh, search bar and this old, this is dial-up. So like, you know, the screen would kind of populate little bit by little bit. And kind of like, yeah, trying to look over the edge, see if I could see. Um, and this image appeared. And I remember, I remember having this, this simultaneously feeling like I have just hit the jackpot and I have just unleashed hell. Like I was, mm. I felt this exhilaration and this fear because I was like, I know I'm not going to be able to control this. And um, so started confessing to some brothers, which I was grateful for, but we were really the blind leading the blind. And then um, fast forward a few years, um, I had had a particularly rough day of, of driving around, trying to act out and um, uh, called one of my brothers and just said, this is what's been going on for me. And he said, hey, time out. Since last time we talked, I've gotten involved in a group for men dealing with sexual addiction. And I think you should too. And I remember saying, no, thanks. He remembers me saying, if only I could find such a group that I would do that. And so uh, he called me back five minutes later and he said, there's a group in Baltimore about two hours from where you are. I think you should call them and check them out. And so that's, that was regeneration. So this is back in 1996. Um, so I started driving once a week, a couple hours to get to this crazy men's group. And, um, and right from the beginning, just the way they were talking about stuff, like um, it was like water to my thirsty soul. I thought, I thought, you know, they're going to come with, here's what you need to do here. The, here's the problem. Um, put these things in place. But so many of the conversations were so much more about our hearts, about mm -hmm. childhood, about what we were really looking for. I mean, a common question was, what were you really looking for? Yeah. And that's when, when uh, I began to kind of begin to even recognize like, oh, my search for breasts isn't just about breasts. Mm -hmm. Like what do breasts symbolize? Um, even by God's design, what do they symbolize? If, if we're made in God's image, male and female, then that means that the female breast means the male penis. It means the female vagina. Like they all 
represent in some visible, tangible way something of who God is. Doesn't mean God's sexual; He's not. But um, and and so began like taking a look at what do those things mean, and that that was the the start of a journey. So um, wow. yeah, and it still goes on. I mean, I, it's life is much better now for me. I still get tempted to lust sometimes, and um, still have to pull my eyes back and every once in a while I have to call some brothers and say, I'm, I'm just not doing as well. I need my, my wheels are kind of getting shaky here. So, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's the, uh, the short version, if you can believe it. I can. And I love it. I wonder what were you looking for? I was looking for uh, someone to see me, Mm -hmm. to know me and to care about what they saw. And I think um, along with that would come things like, I was looking for comfort and a strength to hold me. As I began uh, digging more into my own story, started looking at, oh, my parents' divorce played a role in this. And it wasn't just my parents' divorce. It was actually, it was, a, it was a separation from me. There was abandonment involved. There was rejection involved. Um, however you want to paint the story, like one parent left. Like that wasn't just leaving the other parent, it was leaving me. So what does that mean to my little you know, two, three-year-old heart. And this is more recent for me. I mean, I, I, I has been doing some J Stringer work as you, you know, and um, I looked back and I'd seen all these different events in my life that I was like, yep, that was a wounding experience. That was a wounding experience. That was a wounding experience. Um, and it wasn't never, it wasn't until this last couple of years that I was like, oh my gosh, I, why did I never recognize after 20 years? Like those all happened within a three-year span. I mean, there was, wow. it was, it was a cluster um, so they all just can, you know, kind of colluded together to, to really set me up. And so my ability to look back now and go, oh, you poor little guy, like you, you just, you needed some help at that time. You needed someone to see and attune to what was going on for you. And you did not have it. Yeah. So that's been some of my journey. So what is your definition of lust? I, I've been interested as I've talked about this over the years with people. One of the things I find is that some people define, they think about lust as just sexual desire. They think about it as like, um, it, it's just, it's just my sexual longing. And so we want to be careful with our terms because we're not talking when I'm talking about lust, I'm talking specifically about the sin of lust, not sexual desire. They're different things. And so my definition of lust is, it's not mine. I've, I've heard it from other people along the way, but it is, um, some type, any, any type of, of self seeking gratification. So it's, it's me using another person for my own selfish desires um, I'm not really the, the welfare of the person, the good of the person, the life of the person that doesn't matter. What matters is, is the pleasure that that person can bring me. So when Jesus says, whoever looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery with her in his heart, he's not saying if you sexually desire someone, that's a problem. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, sexual desire is God's idea. It's good. It's very good. As a matter of fact, the moment we get into like saying we sexually desire someone, I think some people might go, well, wait, 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 wait. That means I'm, right. you know, like we're not talking about taking a sexual fantasy, taking an image of a person and running with it. Um, we may at that point simply be talking about like, I, I noticed how beautiful she was. Mm-hmm. I noticed how strong he was and I felt desire. Like that's what that is. That's all that is. And so it's we good. Can- bless that. And yet so many of us, while trying to avoid pornography and avoid lust, see someone beautiful or see someone strong and think, this is the problem. I need to defend myself against this. And we start kind of afraid 
in my experience, resisting these desires actually intensifies them. Uh, for me, I think it's the difference between when I, when I feel desire for somebody and I immediately go to, I got to shut that down. I think part of what I'm saying to myself is I'm bad for desiring. I'm bad for noticing their beauty. I'm bad for wanting to be closer to their beauty. I'm, I'm bad for wanting to be closer to his strength. And that's, that's where we get into all sorts of trouble because there's, it is intrinsically human to want to be near beauty, even, even to want to enter into beauty. It is intrinsically human to, to want to be near to strength and to be held and surrounded by strength or to embody and imbue strength ourselves. So yeah. um, I think it's that self-recrimination piece that, that gets us into trouble. Yeah, the shame, the self-contempt. Yeah. So if I am supposed to actually enjoy these sexual desires or at the very least name them as good how do i do that in a way that is giving and loving rather than taking and self-serving yeah that's a good question and i don't i I can't say that i've mastered that but i i do think that there is a couple things one i think that's the journey that we're on and it's a stumbling fumbling rise up fall back get to know ourselves better um I tried it this way. It didn't work. I tried it that way. That was better. I mean, it's a, it's the journey towards the virtue of love. And so it is a, um, it's not a linear path and it's not even a, Hey, here's my methodology in that moment. Like I'm going to switch from lust to love. I think there are things that we can do, but I, I do. And the things that we can do that are helpful, things that we can do that are unhelpful, but I do think it's a, it's a, it is a, it's a process. So, um, but in that process, like a couple of things that, that I've, I think I found to do, and, and you, I'm, I'm guessing you've got your own litany of things that you might run into as you're like, I want to honor this desire, yeah. um, but I don't want to take advantage of this person. Um, I think one of the things that has been so helpful is, is first of all, like, let me not criminalize myself for feeling the desire. And let me take a look at w- what am I specifically being drawn to? And try to, yeah, I mean, like, what is it about that type of person that I'm being drawn to? Um, yeah. Or more generically, what is it about the, yeah. f- the female body that, right. that so attracts me or the male body that so attracts me? Yeah, actually getting curious about the specifics. Usually it's a very instinctual response in my body and I don't even take the time to wonder, hmm, I wonder why that person stood out to me. I wonder if they remind me of someone else who has been close to me in my life. I wonder if somebody who's listening might think, well, are you saying that lust is the result of what happened to you? No, I'd, I'd say that, that lust was a, a, a way to try to cope with what was happening for me. Like a drowning man is, is grasping for something. And if he's grabbing hold of, of um, a boat or an oar or some seaweed or a, a shark, you know, like whatever his hand finds, he's going to hold on to. And I found something to hold on to. And it, seemed to buoy me up in some ways for a long time. I didn't know that's what I was doing. Um, I thought I just discovered a stash of porn and that, you know, there's something wrong with me and I liked it and wasn't that cool. Um, but I was just grasping and looking back, I'm like, oh, I was trying to stay afloat. And so as, as you talk about, um, part of growing out of porn for me was learning, well, what else can I hold on to? Yeah. I need to hold something. So let me hold something else. And and are there ways that I can also learn to swim? You know, maybe I, back then Amen. I was floundering because I'd just been knocked out of the boat. But are there ways that I can actually swim and go where I want to go as opposed to just holding on to something else? Yes. And as one of my clients once said, as long as we are 
holding on to a life preserver with a death grip, we can't move. We can't go very far. I mean, that that's what leads us to love. Like, so that's that, where we move away from. I'm not just trying to get away from something. I'm trying to move towards something. And what am I lo- moving toward? And that's, so that's where all these pieces in my mind come together between like, who are we created to be as men made in God's image or women made in God's image? And what are we primarily made for, including mm. sexually, what are we made for? And the answer to that is we're created by love, for love, to love. And we're invited into this, this incredible loving relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm. Why? Not because God needs a servant, not because he's bored or lonely, but because he's overflowing in love and we're just invited to the party. Um, and we say yes to that. And, and then, and so, and sexually, so we have to talk about sexually here. Like, like sex is, sex is designed and our sexual parts are designed to uh, be ways that we love and, and we've learned to lust with them. We've learned to use them for our sake, but um, a man's, a man's, penis by God's design is, is meant to be how he, a part of how he loves his bride if he gets married and ultimately how he, he then shares in that, that invitation for others to join that loving communion. And so Father, Son, Holy Spirit say, we want to, we want to expand our love. They create us a husband and wife when they come together sexually, as you know, congratulations again. Um, Thank you. They, they're, they expand their love as they they come together in that loving embrace and create a family. There's another difference. Love creates, lust consumes. Love creates. I mean, maybe some of us are called to make babies and to use our penises to procreate and generously give others the opportunity for life. All of us are called to make disciples, whether or not we're making babies. And all of us are called to overflow with that love that we have from God. So we are, we are lovers. We're creators in, in the image of this creator. And what porn does and what lust does is it actually narrows and restricts us to become passive consumers who are completely turned inward. And I like the way you said that it's like imprisoning us, even though it gives us the illusion of having all these options and setting us free. It's shrinking our capacity to love. Yeah, well said. So I, a couple of things come to mind. I remember I was talking to a nun maybe a decade ago and we were waiting for something to begin. I can't remember what, what it was, but um, we're sitting there in the foyer of this place and we're just talking and she's asking me what I do and I share and she starts telling me, so she's probably like in her 80s. She starts telling me about how um, she used to be very sexual and kind of had this past before she was a nun that was pretty out of control in that way, came to Christ, committed her life to uh to, to being the, you know, a, a nun and serving the Christ in that way. And she said something, I just won't forget it. She said, she said, I'm convinced that it was sexual creativity that led me to do the things I've done for the Lord as a nun. And she, one of the things she described was bringing hospice to the Baltimore area, being a part of that. Um, so she was saying like, I've, I've said no to uh, sex with another person, but the, that, energy inside of me, that creativity doesn't just disappear. I'm still, I'm still a creative human being. And I was, I, I don't, I don't, I don't pretend to completely understand what she was talking about, but I, I can appreciate it. Yeah. The other thing I want to think about, like I have a friend who has never, he's just never struggled with the lust. It's not an issue for him. He's, you know, he's got to be in the, I don't know what percent, but, um, but one of these, I remember him saying to me, I, I was talking to him about like some shows that I just won't watch. I was like, I just can't, you know, it just, it's too, 
too difficult for me. They're really funny or they're really, you know, they're really adventurous. But I'd, I'd love to be able to watch them, but I just can't. And he was like, I just feel so bad for you, Josh. I was like, what, what do you, like, what do you mean? And he says, well, he's like, even some of the sex scenes that I see, Josh, he's like, he's like, there's, there's beauty there. I'm seeing these, these beautiful people. And I'm like, and I can't quite, I'm not going to try to get into the morality of, of actors doing sex scenes. You know, that still matters for me when I think about love. But I, st- I had to still reckon with this, this, the reality that my, my friend is able in that moment to see some, to see art, to see beauty, to see creativity. Um, so it doesn't mean he's perfected in love either, but there's something in that I think that, um, that, that just challenges me when I think about what I see when I look at a naked body. So Josh, what is your definition of love? All right. So the, the, uh, the definition is, is akin to what Jesus says when he says that um, no man knows greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friend or for his friends. And I think um, if lust is self-seeking for my own gratification, and maybe in this group specifically my own sexual gratification, then love is self-giving for another person's good. Not, not another person's pleasure necessarily, but for another person's good for their well-being. And so the ultimate love is, is complete self-donation for another people, person's good. And that's what we, I mean, the, the cross of Jesus is our greatest uh, the f- focal point for that. Like he gave himself for our yeah. good. Um, yeah. Even though, even though all his disciples were saying like, don't do it, don't do it. He was like, uh, this isn't about you. I mean, this is completely about you. It's not about what you think it is. Um, and, and so he went to, to death for our, our sake. And that's, and that's so, you know, that's the archetypal expression, but like day to day, um, it would, it, it's, you know, it's, it's like loving my wife when, when she's tired, it's getting off my lazy button and doing dishes. It's, um, mm. uh, it's, it's, it's getting off my high horse about my stressful day and, um, and learning to play with my kids and tune into what's going on for them. Even, even when, and I'm, I'm saying this more confessionally than victoriously, even when what they're complaining about sounds so small and pathetic to me, like my the love is still like, I'm here for you. I'm giving my, my stress away, my self-focus away for your sake in this moment. Again, I'm, I'm saying that confessionally, that's a <laughs> real live growth point for me, Yeah. but all this, yeah, all the stuff weaves together. This is good stuff, man. And you can take it or I can take it, but in the realm of, we, we probably have to talk about like, what is, what does love look like in the realm of sex then? Like, like, so with a husband and wife, it looks one way when I'm, when I notice somebody on the street, it looks another way. Yeah. And I think in some seasons it might be, I, you know, I see someone on the street and I'm tempted. And so love looks like me turning around and looking the other direction. Yeah. And in my season, my wife just gave birth and we are in a desert of sexual intimacy guys get married or they want to get married thinking, finally, I have an outlet for all of my sexual desires, which is ultimately still lustful and objectifying within marriage. I don't know where we got this idea that you can't lust within marriage. If I treat my spouse like a vending machine of sexual satisfaction, then what's going to happen when she gets pregnant? Either I'm going to turn to a different vending machine of porn, or I'm going to need to learn how to love her and love myself in the middle of it. Right. That's really well put. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you go to this machine and it's out of Coke, you, you mm-hmm. just go to another machine as opposed to like, she, if she's not a vending machine, if she's a human being and your call 
is to love her with a self-giving love. Mm-hmm. That's a higher calling. Those are the tough waters, but there's beauty in it. So like, can, can we see resisting sexual temptation? Can we see um, saying no to my sexual urges and, and wrestling to fall asleep when all I want to do is have sex with my wife, but it's, but she's, it's not right for her that night. Like, mm-hmm. can we see like not being able to sleep that night as a gift of love mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, a, a, some kind of posture of entitlement, like, you know, yes. ah, love hurts, man. Like it's, it's, there's beauty in it. There's glory in it. Mm-hmm. There's pleasure in it, but sometimes right. it, it, it'll kill you. Yeah. It hurts. And our model for love, whether we're single, married, divorced, is the cross. I love how you said that. Yeah. So come Jesus. Josh, this has been really helpful to parse out some of what we mean by these words that we throw around all the time. Would you pray for us that we may enter into this love of God more fully? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I'd be happy to. Jesus, what I've, um, what Drew and I've just tried to articulate in this brief conversation um, is so paltry compared to the surging power of your love the eternal magnificent enormous power of your love and lord wherever guys are who are listening i I pray for an outpouring of your love uh, into them lord a fresh outpouring of your love into them lord and this isn't an impersonal love this is a, a love that knows their name their face everything they've done, everything they want to do, everything they don't want to do. Lord, teach us how to, how to be recipients of your love. And I pray, Lord, especially for those brothers who are listening who are just like, I can't, I can't receive God's love right now because I know what I've done. I've, I've, I've destroyed my marriage. I've hurt my wife. I've, I've, I've wrecked a relationship. Um, I've gone too far, Lord, especially for those men. I pray your love over them. Or it is your kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. And Lord, if we're ever to become men who love like you do, we need your love. It is, it's because you love us that we, we can love. And I pray this for myself too. Lord, I just want to pray for each man listening as well, that you'd help us to see others and ourselves with your eyes. Lord, what do you see when mm-hmm. you look at us? And what do you see when you look at the men or the women that we are tempted to lust after? Show us what you see, Lord. Yes. We're like, we're like blind Bartimaeus, Lord. We, we want to see. Mm. Lord, we want to see. Hear our prayer, Lord. And we don't want to see men as trees walking. We want to see clearly. We want to see people, not objects, not obstacles. We want to see people. Yeah. So, Lord, open our eyes to see. I pray this for me, for Drew, for all the men listening. Or for our sake, for the sake of everyone around us. For your glory, we ask it. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Josh. Yeah, if, thanks for having me on, Drew. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. If people want to get in touch with you, curious about regeneration or to receive online coaching, what should they do? Our website, regenerationministries.org. Our coaching, our programs, our online resources are all there. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from them. One last question. What is your favorite thing about freedom from porn? Oh, dude. Okay. Can I give you two? Yes. <laughs> one, one is um, when, 
when my wife or my kids are gone uh, and they come home to be able to look them in the eye and walk to them, you know, facing them fully and be able to give them an, an embrace without feeling like I have something to hide. That's one of the most beautiful um, moments. And I, I, I don't think I've gotten over it. It just feels so good. I remember the days of hiding and shame. Um, and the other, I think is just, it's try part of what I've been trying to articulate, but just this taste of Christ-like love. Um, and I've had seasons where I do better than others, but, um, but in those moments of like being able to see someone that I know, I know, I know I would have lost it after before being able to see a naked person, a naked image and to actually see a human being, um, man, it like there, there's a, there's something about being a man in that situation that is so right and so good. And I want more of that. So those are my two favorite things, not unrelated, but those are the two things that come to mind. I asked for one and I got two. So Thanks for the double answer. Yeah, thanks for letting me. Thanks for being here. And to everyone else listening and watching, always remember you are God's beloved son and in you, he's well-pleased. Well,